0: Little roller up along first, behind the back. it gets through Buckner, here comes Knight and the Mets win it! A 2-1 pitch, and a drive in the air to deep right field, that ball headed toward the wall, that ball is out of here, out of here, a game winning grand slam home run, off the bat of Robin Ventura! Hey. And it's hit deep to left center, Andrew Jones on the run, this one has a chance, home run! By Piazza, and the Mitch lead 3-2. High fly ball on the left. Back at the wall, and the captain's going deep to the wall. Turner drives one to center, chasing Nimmo back to the warning track, right at the fence. He made the catch! Oh, wow! The catch of the year for Brandon Nimmo! He took a home run away from Justin Turner. Wow. And gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Go! Go! Episode number 15. The Shea Hello Podcast. My name is Casey Lynn, and thank you for joining us here. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on whatever platform you get your podcast, my co-host, Bill Pulsifer, will not be joining us for this week's episode. He is actually at Mets Fantasy Camp in Port St. Lucie, where the Mets have their spring training, uh, at Clover Park. Does it every year. And uh that's where he is. So he's in the sunny uh 80-degree world of Florida, and uh he will not be joining us for this episode, but I assure you he will be back, and uh we'll be off and of running it like we always are. Um wanna thank Stephen White, our producer, Bob behind the scenes, and also like to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Roots-Recordings.com. There's a lot to talk about in Metsville and don't know where to start, where to begin. Feel like there's always a lot to talk about. World series is over. We are officially underway in hot stove, baseball free agencies uh, off and running. Managers are switching like musical chairs. Uh, we'll start with two big names. How about that? Juan Soto and Shohei Ohtani. Now, Juan Soto is a member of the Padres who was traded by the Nets. Shohei Ohtani is a free agent who had Tommy John surgery, will not pitch all of 2024, and will probably get $500 million. So my question that I'm debating in my head and to everyone listening to Met fans, who would you rather have? Juan Soto, who's a member of the Padres and has one year left on his deal or pay $500. That's what's $500, $500 million, half a billion to Otani who went healthy. Hopefully he will be back pitching and hitting his 50 home runs. So essentially you would be paying around $50 million for a DH in 2024. Uh, There's a lot of debates going around that the Padres uh, will trade. Soto, they are, are in financial uh problems over there, and Soto's a lot of money, even arbitration. He's not gonna sign there. He's a Scott Morris client, and he will go to free agency just like any Scott Morris client does. He already turned down 420 million from the nationals, so he's going to free agency. I think, for me personally, and I brought this up with Bill on prior episodes. This is an easy choice. You would have to trade prospects for one year of Juan Soto. Or you wait one year, 2024, and you just sign them. Or you trade or sign Otani. Those are your big names. For me, let's just talk about Soto a little further. Why in the world would you trade X prospect? Let's say a uh, Beatty or a Mauricio or whomever for one year of Soto and no guarantee that he will be with you in the long term. I think he's always wanted to be a Met. He's put out subtle signs that he would love to be a Met. I'm talking about Soto. You don't know if he'll sign, uh, sign long term. No reason to trade prospects. Wait it out. As for Otani, I don't think he's coming to the Mets. I do think Steve Cohen will be in the bidding. He uh, Otani's the biggest shark out there and, Steve loves to go shark hunting. Um, but ultimately it's up to Otani. Um, we don't know if he's an East coast guy. He's only played on the West coast with the angels from Japan. And honestly, is it worth it to pay a guy who, yeah, he's a unicorn pitches Cy Young worthy. He's going to win another MVP this year, but Tommy John right now. And you don't know how that arm will come back. Therefore, You're basically paying $50 million or so a year for 10 years, approximately, for a DH. I think your best bet is Juan Soto. Now, I I also want to say this. Being a Met fan is miserable. And people can laugh, I'm sure, if you just heard that. Because if you did, you're a true Met fan. We are a, a fan base that hasn't seen a World Series in 37 years. We've gone through a lot of ups and downs. But I'm grateful, as a Met fan, to be able to talk about these big names like Soto and Otani. Four years ago, no way we would be talking about them. No way the Wilpons would be in the running. So I just want to put that out there, that I'm grateful that for Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, we can talk about these big guys. And obviously Steve Cohen, the owner of the Mets, has shown that being the wealthiest owner in sports, he is willing to pay the money. Um, It hasn't worked out yet. We'll see what happens this year. And you know, we'll go from there. But I want to make it clear, just my opinion, Juan Soto's the way to go. No trade for him in 2024. Go elsewhere. And I don't think so uh Otani is going to the nets. I just don't see it. Um Steve Cohen is all about, you know, he made 18 billion dollars. Why? Risk reward and his hedge fund. I don't think the money is worth the reward in terms of risk reward for Otani as good as he is. I just don't. Um, We'll see what happens. I would love Soto on the team. Um, He will be traded most likely this offseason, but that does not mean whoever trades for him will sign him in 2025. Uh, He's just like Pete Alonso. Pete most likely will be going to free agency as a Boris client. Now, David Stearns, the new president of baseball operations, says said that him and Scott Boris have talked about an extension. But honestly, I don't believe anything Scott Boris says. So um, I'm prepared for Pete Alonzo, the face of the Mets, fan favorite to go to free agency as well. So grateful to be able to talk about all this stuff. Um, But I'm Team Soto. Uh, If Otani went to the Mets, I'm not going to complain. Obviously, you know, that's a huge Piece, but I don't think it's worth talking about it, not coming to the Mets. Uh, prove me wrong, we'll go from there. Uh, that's for Otani uh, and Soto, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Moving on, uh, bigger news that actually happened instead of speculating. Uh, Carlos Mendoza is your new manager of the New York Mets. Now, this is big, big, big news. Press conference on Tuesday. Press release was set out on Monday. And he had his press conference on Tuesday in front of all the reporters, dozens. David Stearns was there, not Steve Cohen, which was a little weird. Usually the owners there, especially a hands up on guy like Cohen, but it was just Stern. So either there was meetings for uh, Steve Cohen, or he just said, you know what, David Stearns, you're my guy, you take care of this. And it was Stearns introducing Carlos Mendoza and, Let's talk. Carlos Mendoza is now the 25th manager in Mets history. He's the fifth manager for the Mets in six years. That is atrocious. There's no stability with the Mets and managers. And out of five of those six, he is the fourth first-time manager, which means it is the first time he's ever managing in the big leagues. So David Stearns, obviously, counsel went to the Cubs mendoza's your guy now most people didn't know about him now we do bench coach for the yankees for the last four years he's venezuelan he's 43 and he had his press conference today uh or i should say on tuesday and my thoughts on this and i think most people who watched the clips or watched it live would agree he hit it out of the park now in terms of his press conference and answering questions and uh Sharp as attack tack, uh, confident, commanded the room. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air. I think he's the anti Buck Showalter. Buck Showalter, you know, is a very a great manager. Unfortunately for him, no success with it. But Mendoza looks like he will push back. Buck Showalter protected his players. You know, never went nuts like. Like an Aaron Boone, who was Mendoza's uh, manager for four years in uh, the Bronx. So watching that press conference, uh, it it felt like he, I could see why he was very, very sought after. Um, and then once the Mets realized they couldn't get counsel, it was Mendoza. And listen, just because you can talk well, you're sharp, You can. you're bilingual, you can speak Spanish and English. Uh, from what I hear, he 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 ran spring training for four years uh, with the Yankees. Players loved them, but at the end of the day, all of that doesn't mean crap, because we have to see him actually manage in the big leagues. He had a couple games where Boone was suspended or tossed out, and he did, but there are few and far between. The in-game decisions are what you know are the most important, and we all know that the Mets are very analytical now. And they were before even what, what when Buck was here, after he left and aired some dirty laundry, uh, the Yankees are very known for being analytical. So that's you know a check to Mendoza. What that means is that Mendoza is not going to write the lineup cards. The analytical department and Stearns will. Uh, I'm not calling him a puppet, Mendoza. I'm not sure exactly how it will go down, but. It's going to be analytical driven for the Mets. Now, the in-game decisions, the bullpen moves, there will be a game plan. But until we see any of this, we can't, you know, we have no idea about Mendoza. He's never managed the game in the big leagues, never played in the big leagues. And talking to Bill last week, Bill was very, and I agree with it, adamant about he didn't like how they hired a manager not only with no managerial experience in big leagues, he does have elsewhere in the minors, uh, winter bowl, whatever, but, but no managerial experience in the major leagues and never played as well. So, you know, those are big, big things. However, everyone you talk to, they love the guy. Now, we've seen it before when Mickey Calloway was hired, when Luis Rojas was hired. I'll leave Buck out of it because he has a huge resume. Everyone said said the same thing, you know. Great guy commands the room. I didn't see it in their press conferences, and obviously they were terrible managers. Luis Rojas was thrown into the fire because, well, Beltran Carlos um, fired. He was the only a manager for seventy seven days in the, the the Houston Astros scandal. Uh, so Rojas kind of wasn't ready for it. I think Mendoza is the anti Rojas. Um, He won't be a Luis Rojas uh, 2.0. The funny thing is there's connections everywhere here. Rojas, after he was fired by the Mets, went to the Yankees as their third base coach. Now Mendoza, the new manager, leaves a vacancy as bench coach for the Yanks. And it looks like maybe Rojas will take that. So a little weird connection there. The other weird connection, and that's this is the big thing too, if you're going to hire a first-time manager in Carlos Mendoza, your bench coach needs to be, in this case, a veteran, experienced manager. Someone who's managed in the big leagues and has had somewhat of success. Well, in the press conference on Tuesday, he went out of his way, Carlos Mendoza, to say uh, the biggest impact on his coaching career, Willie Randolph. Well... Willie Randolph is an advisor to the Yankees and a former Mets manager who had a lot of success. Now he did go to World Series, went to Game 7 of the NLCS, in 6 let's not talk about it. Uh, We know the downfalls that happened in 07 and 08. Uh, He was fired overnight uh, by the Wilpons. Where we have a new ownership group. Maybe he'll get a little, uh, a second chance to be back with the Mets. Obviously, not in a managerial position, but Mendoza went out of his way to say that Willie Randolph, former Mets manager, had the biggest success uh, in his coaching career. Uh, I would, I'm would, down for that. Willie Randolph as the bench coach for the Mets, former manager, former player, right hand man uh, for. Carlos Mendoza. Perfect. We'll see what happens. It's brand new. Mets need a bench coach. Uh, there's too much connection there for maybe that not to happen. I would like it. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Also in the press conference, uh, Mendoza mentioned Jeremy Hefner, pitching coach, will be back in 2024. What? Jeremy Hefner has now survived three different managers. Three. How in the world is he still back? What has he done? Please, if you're listening, wherever you are, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, like, follow, comment. Tell me why Hefner's back. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, and comment. Anything you want. But my question to anyone watching or listening is why in the world is Jeremy Hefner back again? What has he done? What young pitcher has he improved? I can't think of many. And really off of t- my head, nobody. The good pitchers we've had have a track record. I-, I-, I don't get it. Um, You know, they see value there. But let him go to another team. I- I- three different tenures? I've never heard of such a thing. That's my opinion on Jeremy Hefner. He'll be back. Um, we had a couple birthdays uh, this week. Uh, namely... Brett Beatty on Monday turned 24 and Francisco Lindor 30 on Tuesday. Now Brett Beatty, horrible season last year in his rookie year. Uh, Low two hundreds, no power was sent down to the minors. Stearns, David Stearns has gone out of his way to say that third base will come internally. Whether that's Brett Beatty or Ronnie Mauricio, I do not know, but Brett Beatty, former first round draft pick, I believe 2019 and 12th overall. Uh, You know, we got to have a better year from him. I mean, he was literally sent down to the minors last year, not the end of the world. Great players have done that early in their career. We'll see what happens. Um, He turned 24. Happy birthday on Monday. And on Tuesday, Francisco Lindor, who just won a silver slugger at shortstop in the national league, turned 30 Um, career year for the Mets shortstop 30 He's in his third year with the Mets, three years, and he's completed two of his 10 years in that 10-year contract. Has he lived up to it? I think so. I think he should have won the Gold Glove. He did not. He was a finalist. He did win the Silver Slugger, first with the Mets, third overall, and that was an easy choice, 30-30 year, which means 30 stolen bases, 30 home runs in the same year. Um, No, just overall great offensive numbers. Uh, When they interviewed him, They asked him, are you a power hitter? And he had a great answer. He actually said, I'm not a power hitter, but I have power. Uh, Mets need to, or Mets fans, not going to fan police anybody. I've been on the door side since day one. Um, They got to respect his name now. They really do. Everything, his fielding, his leadership, his offensive prowess, it's there. And yeah, 30 is a a big number, but he's not declining. He's only getting better. So happy birthday to those two. Um, another thing coming up uh, that is big on Friday, non-tenders, all 30 teams in the major leagues have to submit a list of players who are under arbitration and whether they're going to go to arbitration with them. What What is arbitration? Arbitration is the money that after X amount of years, I believe now it's two or three, the CBA changed it. Um, they could be tendered and offered that money in arbitration, if they agree, or they could be non-tendered. Best example I could give you of a non-tender that came back to haunt the Mets is Justin Turner. He went on to have almost a Hall of Fame career with uh, LA. Uh, he played for the Red Sox last year. They did not tender him. And, you know, it, Mets have been haunted and their fans. Some big names who may or may not be tendered, and these are big deals. Daniel Vogelback. Uh, Luis Guillermé, uh, Drew Smith, Lucchese. Now, I do think Guillermé, Drew Smith, Lucchese are locks. Guillermé as well. Uh, it's Vogelback who everyone's up in arms with because of the trade deadline two years ago by Epler. And everyone just is not on the Vogelback train with him being a one-dimensional player uh, for power. And he doesn't even have that, really. I really hope, and no offense to Vogelback I'm sure he's a great guy and a great teammate, but they can't tender him, which is another way of saying offer him what he's owed around two and a half million dollars. Non tender Vogelback, let him go to another team. He's got no more uh should be on the mess anymore? You know? Looks at all pitches down the plate. If he does something productive, it's a walk. But he has no speed. So he's he's base the base guy. And the other thing with Vogelback, he played for the Brewers. Guess under who? David Stearns, who's now at the Mets. Stearns has already cut him. So I think the writing's on the wall. We'll know on Friday. I really hope Volgoback is not back. Fans will go, they'll riot. And, you know, I would agree. Not part of the 26-man roster. Um, So that brings up where we go from there. He was the DH, really. And then when they were out of it, they played the kids like Vientos and... Uh, whoever else at DH. There's some good DHs out there that David Sterns and the Mets should be looking at. I brought up Justin Turner. Now, he's older, he's around 40, but he's still producing as a DH, not a third baseman. You have J.D. Martinez, who was a DH, had a great year last year. Playoffs as well, I believe. Um, But, the guy I want, Jorge Soler. He opted out of a three-year deal with the Miami Marlins. And, 36 home runs last year after a down year 2021, or I should say 2022. He's with the Braves when they won the World Series. Uh, Jorge Soler is the perfect DH and fit for the Mets as a DH. Mets need power, and he opted out for a reason. There's no power on the market. He's perfect. Um, so my guy, Jorge Soler, I hope he is the DH going forward, which means Mark Viento should be trade bait. Uh, We'll see what happens, but David Stearns has options and Daniel Vogelbeck is not the answer. Uh, Moving forward, we're going to go a little bit of news with Kodai Senga. I thought about wearing the Kodai Senga uh, ghost forkball uh, t-shirt. I went with the MLB jam t-shirt that shows Alonzo and Lindor instead. Uh, Bring up Senga. Why? On Monday, they had the rookie of the year voting for both AL and NL and Sanga finished second, 22 second place votes lost out to Corbin Carroll, who won unanimously for the D max historic year. Any other year Sanga would have won. He had an amazing year in his first year with the Mets, Uh, Kodai Sanga, over 200 strikeouts, great ERA uh, coming over Japan and adjusted well, but it was an historic year for Corbin Carroll, Carroll, excuse me, Uh, 50 stolen bases, 25 home runs. Any other year, Sango would have won it. He came in second. Uh, He had a great year. Uh, No other Mets will be in the running for any awards at all. Uh, But, uh, you know, Sango was it. So good for him. He didn't win it. But uh, he's our Rookie of the Year, if you will. So congratulations to Sango, at least, coming in uh, in second place. We're going to move right along. Now, Bill's favorite segment and Bill's not with us if you are, if you forgot or whatever, uh, mailbag time. And there will obviously not be quick pitches for this episode of the Shailo podcast. Uh, that's for Bill. He'll be back again, fantasy camp for this week. Uh, but we do have mailbag for the Shailo podcast and we have a couple of questions. So let's get right to it. And Bill's guy, our guy, he writes in, if you could pick or sign, one free agent, who would it be? Uh, That's a softball question there, buddy. Uh, It's Yamamoto. Easily. Uh, He will be posted from Japan and his team very soon. That means all 30 major league teams will have, you know, their rights to offer him a contract. And then he has 45 days to decide where he wants to go. Yamamoto And Otani are the two biggest free agents out there. Otani's obviously, he came over from Japan. He's made his mark here and then some. Yamamoto, 24 years old. His numbers are insane. Uh, It's Yamamoto. He will be very sought after by teams that can afford him. Uh, Probably going to get around $200 million. There's not many teams that can afford that. Mets are one. Yamamoto is the best pitcher out there in free agency. Uh, it would be him. Mets will be all over that. couple things, if you don't know about Yamamoto, that works and bodes well for the Mets. Uh, he has the same agent as Edwin Diaz and the same agent as Kodai Senga. He also knows Kodai Senga, who is on the Mets, obviously, had a great year. And I think it would bode well for having a friend and a Japanese player on your team. Uh, it really just depends on where you want to live. Money will be there for all these guys, Otani included. I mean, Otani makes $50 million off the field. It's really not, it, they're going to get their money, you know, contract wise. It's really, where do you want to live for the next five to 10 years? Um, and that will be the determining factor. Obviously, they want to play for winners as well, especially Otani after the Angels. I would assume Yamamoto as well. Uh, thank you for the question. There was a softball question there, but I'll take it. I will do one more. Uh, Jimmy Lads, he wants to know how do you how much <laughs> how much do you miss your co-host for this week's episode, and also who will the Mets bench coach be? Uh, all right, two-part question. Of course, I miss Bill Polson for our co-host. This is episode number fifteen already, uh, but I'm happy he's having fun over in uh, Port St. Lucie and Mets Fantasy Camp. He'll be back, uh, and uh, yeah, we have a good reporter, and uh, it's always fun doing. Our podcast and our say hello uh, fun with him every week. So he'll be back. Of course, I miss him, Jimmy. Uh, to answer your second question, who will be the Mets bench coach? Whew. You know, after the press conference with uh, Carlos Mendoza, uh, Willie Randolph, man, uh, that sounds perfect to me. Uh, if that doesn't work out for whatever reason, I, I really don't know. I, I mentioned it before. You need a veteran guy, an older ex-manager type who has experience and will be in the ear of Mendoza. Uh, There's a lot of those out there. I don't know who they are, if they're available. You know, you see bench coaches now getting hired left and right. Joe Espada, bench coach for years with the Astros, just took over for the Astros and Dusty Baker. Um, After council left, Pat Murphy, their bench coach with the Brewers is over there in Milwaukee. Uh, We've seen bench coaches, over the years leave and had great success. Uh, Alex Cora left the Astros, won a World Series with the Red Sox, still there. Uh, David Martinez was a Cubs bench coach. He left there, won a World Series with the Nats. You need a bench coach with experience, especially when you have a rookie manager. Willie Randolph, I'm going to go with him. He will be the Mets bench coach. That connection there. uh, And, you know, the Yankees will make him available. Depends if he wants to be in the dugout for 162 games uh, and be back with the Mets. I mean, Willie Randolph, uh, he was sent off very, very poorly uh, when he was fired. So different regime, different ownership. It's not the Will Ponds, but I'm going Willie. Um, It's going to be a fascinating offseason. It really is. Usually winter meetings pick up the pace with the free agents. I believe the winter meetings this year, if you are wondering, December 4th to the 7th in Nashville. Uh, players go there. That's where all the activity picks up. And that will be the beginning of the big time names, probably starting to sign with teams. And then all the dominoes will go after that. Uh, not, I don't think there'll be a lot of action before that. Really. There's a lull, uh, in between the GM meetings that just happened and the winter meetings because of the holiday Thanksgiving. And, um, November is really just not a big month for much activity other than managers uh, and stuff like that. Uh, December, winter meetings early uh, will be a lot of activity. And the Mets have to fill out a roster. Uh, today we won't go into every position that they have to fill out, but literally an entire bullpen other than Diaz and Raleigh. Adevito opted out. Raleigh opted it. Well, the Mets... Uh, picked up the option on Raleigh, and they got Diaz back. You don't know what you're going to get at Diaz. Uh, and a pitching staff, rotation-wise. That's why Yamamoto, number one for me. It's going to be a fascinating offseason. It really, really is. With a new manager, Davis Stearns running the ship. That's off a horrible year after winning 101 games the year before. And they got to fill up a whole new roster. It really, and I don't use this word, Often it will be fascinating, it really will be. Um, that's gonna do it for this episode of the Shailo Low podcast brought to you by roots recordings.com. Uh, it was a little bit abbreviated, usually, Bill and I go 45 to an hour, it's about a half an hour, uh, but uh, we just stuck to the nuggets and, uh, had a little fun with the mailbag and gave you what you need to hear for this week. Uh, but I will tell you, Met news is never going away. Reporters use the Mets for clicks. They call it Mets for clicks it is going to be, again, I'm going to use the word fascinating. So I want to thank our producer behind the scenes, Stephen White. Uh, If you are listening, wherever you get your uh podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Uh, Spotify, please follow us, like us, leave a comment. And if you are watching here on YouTube uh, at say hello media, please subscribe, like, leave a comment, uh, whatever you think. Uh, I was doing a lot of rambling here. Also just with all the Mendoza nuggets that came our way, uh, hit that subscribe button. And uh, man, I'm excited for the off season, hot stove, baseball. uh, When you have a lot to fill in, especially the Mets, they're always fun with the new odor. It's got the deep pockets, it is going to be fun. It really will, especially when it picks up in December. We will be here to follow it all. Uh, Bill should be back with us next week for another episode of the Say Hello podcast. Again, thanks to Steve White, uh, producer behind the scenes. And I want to thank everybody listening, whether it's on YouTube or whatever you get your platforms, uh, your podcast on those platforms. Thank you for listening to the Say Hello podcast. My name is Casey Lynn. And until next time,